Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theatre in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. Also, are you a fan of Block Talk? Well, our newest fans are the fabulous team at Daft Boy. With the highest quality fans, accessories, and gear for any occasion, Daft Boy is here to serve it to you every day. And over at Daft Boy, you can create your own custom fan like the Block Talk fan I thwarp at every show. Fans of Block Talk can receive 15% off at checkout using code BLOCKTALK. Visit daftboy.com today. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at TheaterTheNow, and visit TheaterTheNow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. She's a queen of camp and comedy and is never afraid to remind you of who she is when she wears her own face on as a look. It's the fabulous Carrie Kerning. I love that intro. Hey, how are you? Oh, great. How are you? I'm lovely. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad to finally sit down and talk to you because I'm a, I'm a little intimidated. You're like a legend in my eyes. I, Yeah, you're incredible. I'm, I'm laughing off mic because I'm a professional. <laughs> um, oh, that's, that's far too sweet. And uh, I'm glad you're delusional because that makes me feel right at home. Yeah, I, I mean, I <laughs> talk to most of my friends. I'm very delusional. Um, <laughs> then we will mesh perfectly. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about everything there is to talk about about you. Um, so let's start from the beginning. Where are you from? I am originally from Poughkeepsie, New York. Poughkeepsie? Ooh, you know, fun. for all you New York City people, it's the last uh, stop on the Metro North line on the Hudson. It sure is. Um, but Carrie Kerning is from Columbus, Ohio. Right. She, she, her drag birth was at a separate place mm-hmm. uh, in a very specific and wonderful city in Columbus. Nice. So what was, what was life growing up in Poughkeepsie? And how, how did you find your way to Columbus? Poughkeepsie was, um, it, it's a lovely little semi-suburban small city, uh, and I grew up outside of it in kind of the, the suburban rural area. Um, it's very straight, it's very, you know, safe and mm-hmm. um, uh, pretty boring. Uh, so I had, I, I was fine, I was just very closeted and uh, um, didn't really have a sense of who I was there, which I think is pretty common for us queers, you know? It's true. Um, yeah, so I, I went to college in Columbus, and that was kind of like my second hometown because I left New York. I think it's part of the reason I didn't go to New York City for school. I needed to like get away. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't out in high school. I was I was like the asexual, overweight, friendly kid who uh, deflected any questions of <laughs> sexuality sure. by that. I, I relate to that. It was it was you know it was a specific role, and it worked for me in high school. Um, because it, it meant that I never had to like actually engage with a lot of people. It was just like, here's a joke, and now you guys have fun at prom, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Columbus, where did you go to school? I went to the Columbus College of Art and Design. Okay, good. I was afraid you were going to say Ohio State. No, but it is um, it is near Ohio State, because Ohio State is all-encompassing. <laughs> it is very true. No, I, I come from a uh, Michigan family, so... Ah, uh, oh yeah, there's there's um, a thing there's between the, those yeah, two. Yeah, they don't like each other. No, no, no. <laughs> no, my brother's like went to Michigan, diehard Michigan fan forever, and... That's what my family likes to do. And, no, Columbus yeah. is like 90% um, football Ohio State people. Mm-hmm. And then there's a small percentage of weird artsy people, uh, you know, queers and, and artistic people. And I was in that little bubble kind yeah. of on the peripherals of that of that world. So how did drag into your life? I, so I, um, 
All right, funny enough, in high school, completely closeted, went to college first year as a, I'm, I, I'm nervous to get this like on record, but as a Republican straight person. Uh, and then by sophomore year, I had come out, I was in the queer club, and then junior year, I was president of the gay group. So Amazing. I made a, a full transformation. It's in, a journey. It was, you know, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to do it well. And so if I'm going to be a gay, I'm going to run the gays. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that was like, that was a... A fast turnaround for me. But as president, we had a drag show that I helped organize. So I got to work with all of the local drag queens and bring them to the school. And um, I would put on like a silly wig and do skag drag and host it. And uh, one of the entertainers was Nina West, who um, at the time, this was 2007, 2008. She was a big deal. She had just won uh, Entertainer of the Year, which is a national drag pageant mm-hmm. in 2008. So um, I was kind of like in in awe of this local celebrity that would come. And uh, that's how I kind of like was introduced to the community. And then at, right when I graduated, after doing that for like a year and a half, I had friends in Columbus who were like, John, why aren't you doing drag? You're, you're interested in it, obviously. You're around it all the time what's wrong with you? And yeah. they kind of forced me to do a bar pageant. And that was the first time I, I ever tried. I, and I'm going to use the term drag um, loosely because um, <laughs> I, I tried very hard. I did well. I won the competition, but there are photos out there and they are a little r- 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 rough. <laughs> as, as, as they're going to be. Yeah. Well, how would you describe Carrie in three words? Um, oh, geez. Three words. I'm trying to work on my math skills. Uh, <laughs> stupid, silly, political. Yeah, that, that all checks out. I like that. How, what is the origin story of your drag name? So kerning is a graphic design word. So it's like a shout out to the one to maybe 0.5 designers that are in any given audience. Sure. I really go for um, specific... <laughs> <laughs> specific humor yes. that maybe no one in the audience likes. So <laughs> I wanted something that just, you know, as as someone who went to art school, I work as a graphic designer. I wanted a word that meant something to me. So I picked Kerning and then K sound, you know, like the alliteration of, yeah, of Carrie course. Kerning. And there was this aggressive uh, lesbian bartender at a, a nightclub in Columbus that I used to go to that I was kind of obsessed with and her name was Carrie so I just stole there it. There you go. There you go. I'm always like obsessed with um strong powerful lesbian women. Naturally, of course. Well, how long does it take to transform into Carrie? Oh, uh what kind of Carrie do you want? An <laughs> <laughs> average an average day, like if you had to take your time. I so so right now I can do probably like an hour and a half makes me feel comfortable. Um I my drag has gone through a lot of different evolutions i've been doing drag since 2010 uh and i think being a new york has like anytime someone comes to new york there's like a certain uh raising of the bar and everything you know so if you're not a look queen you have to look good next to the look queens if you're not a comedy queen you have to be funny enough to be next to the comedy queens so i think being here has like pushed my aesthetic in a really healthy way when i started drag it was I was very much about like the idea and the number and I would sometimes go on stage looking a hot mess, but um, it worked and it kind of evolved to where it is today. So in the beginning, um, I think the time to get in drag has varied depending on what stage in life I've been in. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any like traditions when you get ready for a gig? Yes. Um, 
I, I haven't done this um, maybe in, a, in the last year. I need to bring it back. But I used to uh, kind of like Alyssa Edwards in Drag Race would look at herself and, you know, yeah. like feel the zhuzh and feel that moment in the mirror. I think that's a thing girls do a lot. And I would um, chicken squawk into the mirror when I would get in drag. Okay. Just like when you feel that lipstick on, you want to go like... Pah! Right yeah, in the mirror. Of course. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's pretty much, uh, I, I think I can safely say that that's something I do that most other girls don't do when they can. Probably. Enjoy. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've you done know, a... she just want to feel egg fishy, you know? <laughs> yeah. I've done a bunch of these. I don't think anyone said that yet. So I think no, you're alone. You're, I know Pearl bad. likes chickens, but I was a chicken. And, you know? and fame likes chickens too. Oh, fame. What? Whoops. Same I thing. Said Pearl. Well, hey, the same thing. <laughs> One of those girls that smiles a lot and wears pretty makeup. I don't know. I just looked at, uh, I, I don't know what she's advocating or what. I was just on Pearl's um, Instagram and it's all white. And she's like the Playboy Bunny like logo. Oh. I don't know what's going on. Pearl's, Pearl's actually, I, I love fame and I love Pearl. I'm sorry I got that. For all you, all you <laughs> middle school drag race fans who are going to read me on the internet, I'm sorry I got them mixed up. <laughs> but Pearl's doing some really interesting makeup things she lately. Is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like her YouTube channel. Yeah. Do you have any favorite makeup products that you use? Um so I uh I miss I miss the days of Max Factor Cream Contour. Uh where you know, I know that's long gone and most of the queens yeah. working now don't know what that is. But um I still really like La Femme powder. Okay. So uh La Femme pigments are my favorite. And um, you know, you've seen this brick. She's not a She's not out there at Mac Counter getting all the high end no. things. <laughs> so you're not going to be getting the um, Anastasia Beverly Hills Alyssa Edwards palette anytime soon. Who's the most controversial YouTube makeup artist? I want their palette. Isn't James it? Charles. Yeah, I was like, it's James Charles yeah. or or um. It is a really good palette. A or is what's friends. his name still saying the N word and then doing uh, With Jeffrey Star? Yeah, is Jeffrey Star still yelling uh, obscenities and getting <laughs> Probably, RuPaul Drag Race sponsorship? Honestly, by the time <laughs> this drops, I'm sure there's going to be a new scandal between. Yeah, someone. yeah. No, no, I'm not. I'm not in that world, but. But, uh, you know, I read the paper and I yeah. see those kids are going for each other right now. They, so maybe I are. should just stay at my uh, stay at my La Femme counter and let that happen. Well, who are some of your inspirations in drag? Um, so when I started drag, uh, I mean, it's it's almost like silly to say RuPaul now. But like yeah. in 2009, 2010, first season, pre-first season of Drag Race, RuPaul, like her her Red Hot album, uh, her early movies, mm-hmm. that was an influence. Definitely Jackie Beat. Jackie Beat is everything. Absolutely, she's brilliant. Both Funny. like aesthetically and her her comedy and her just her ability as a performer, super inspirational. Um, Bunny is is there. Um, my drag mother Nina West, uh, huge inspiration and has been for a long time for me. Um, is this is this just drag queens no, or is no, this no, just everybody, anybody? Sarah Silverman. Yeah, uh, that, make, that that checks out. I can see that. Huge, huge. Just like her tone and the way she kind of like obscenely broaches like serious topics and the movie Airplane. <gasps> Oh like... my god! I, okay, yeah. Airplane may have had a bigger influence on my drag than any drag queen. Did. Wow. Okay. Have you made an airplane mix? I haven't actually, and now oh, I have to please. before you post this because someone yes, else please. will. Oh my god! Airplane with the, is... the inflatable pilot yeah. needs to be there. Oh yeah. Okay. Surely you have to. I'm gonna make notes on this afterwards. Yes. Oh my god, this is funny, funny. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Well. What was your first gig? You had mentioned it was a um, competition, but what was the first gig and the first lip sync you performed? 
So the first the first time I ever did drag was the was a bar competition called Miss Havana. Okay. Um, and it's it's no longer a bar in Columbus, but it was for a while, like a pretty old newcomer slash comedy slash beginner drag pageant. Bootsy LaFerris is actually a former Miss Havana. Oh. She is Miss Havana 2009. I am okay. Miss Havana 2010. Look at that. Um, so we are, we are connected through that. Um, but I, 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 I joined the competition because I wanted to try drag and I had all these kind of weird ideas, but I had no real concept of what drag was as like a profession or as an art form. I just kind of like went at it blind. Yeah. And I did a very strange Sarah Palin number. I pulled a Bible out of my pussy that opened up into a Playgirl pinup of Levi Johnson, the guy who uh, uh-huh. yeah, fucked yeah. and then married her daughter. Yeah, naturally. You know, classy stuff. Of course. Really, really beginner. Uh, very, very political, too. I said, I'm not going to go big. And then I ripped <laughs> out all that shit. Um, but I, 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 I won the competition. I beat girls who had been doing drag for quite a bit i mean newer queens but people who had had gigs and had experience and kind of knew what the industry was and i think my naivety helped me because i was just like whatever i'm doing what i like and it resonated which is great but afterwards i was like oh what there's more gigs like what what do you mean what's a booking what is a (laughs) what's a number you girls have more than just this you've done more than this thing what is that like and i was so dumb and kind of like wide-eyed that um now it's laughable was it intimidating when you they're like here you go bookings i think had i not been stupid it would have been but i was just like whatever this is cool yeah. and and that's actually how i met nina um i had done the the things in college with her kind of knew each other she hosted this competition and then afterwards she asked me to do one of her stage productions which is in columbus nina west is very famous for these like two hour long shows choreographed full production numbers video work set pieces they're 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 really big things and she does she does did i don't know what drag race does to that but she she did about three of them a year and they had like a cast of five girls and backup dancers and this whole thing and um she saw something in me and gave me a chance to be part of the cast but i didn't really know what this was so i was just like this sounds fun yeah and then once i was in rehearsals like oh this is a fucking big deal yeah <laughs> and i'm kind of glad i was dumb and didn't know because i i was too stupid to be scared <laughs> so well you mentioned nina but who else helped you on your drag journey when you were first starting out there columbus is like a beautiful drag scene it it it, ha- it has one today and it has for a very long time um when i when i started there um girls like virginia west nina's mother anisa love who works there samantha rollins there there are these queens who had been established in the scene and um were really kind of family oriented and kind to me when i started and would you know lend a wig or virginia painted my face the first big show i did because i didn't know how to paint a face (laughs) so she would sit me down and like slap on some makeup like all right go put a wig on (laughs) and that was like my first three shows until i like watched it enough to learn how to do it um but it was very much like a family atmosphere that i i was really thankful for that's amazing now i don't know if timelines overlap at all but i remember when i interviewed chad sap that he had been doing a lot of things in columbus um did you two overlap at all i think we 
just missed each other, possibly? It's possible. There, there's a weird Columbus to New York City connection, yeah. though. Um, Pixie Aventura was right, in Columbus for a while. Online. Bootsy was in mm-hmm. Columbus. Crystal something something, um, who, you know, made a, quite a name for herself in Brooklyn, is now back in Columbus mm-hmm. and doing shows with Nina at, at Axis Nightclub. Um, there's a lot of, like, wonderful crossover between the what, two cities. What would you say the big difference between Columbus Drag and New York Drag is? Columbus is just, they're very different scenes. I think there are queens in New York who are similar to Columbus queens. Mm. But New York has everything and people come from everywhere. So you get a mixture of all of these different skills. And people are really hungry in New York because you have to be to survive here. And in Columbus, I think it's, there's, there's really talented queens, but families are a bit more of a thing there than they Mm -hmm. are in new york and families i think have a similar kind of ethos and aesthetic like the west family um virginia nina there's like a very tight bond among my sisters but there's a similar kind of like take on camp and take on drag and take on aesthetic whereas in new york everyone's kind of on their own and competing with each other which can be a little isolating at first but also it's exciting because you bring different ideas and you have to like when you compete with each other you learn from each Mm -hmm. other in a different way so it's just like structurally yeah very different there's not necessarily big drag families in new york but there are definitely cliques yes and i mean there's a few families like the the car family keisha and her Mm -hmm. and jasmine but keisha is from oklahoma city and i think oklahoma city is much closer to columbus in that there's drag families there so i think she kind of brought that with her here but New York City is like a family of orphans. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tell yeah. Tina Burner that she's like my New York City like orphan child yeah. drag family here because you know we all found each other and we work together and we kind of get each other and have formed a little unit. But it's it's not totally the same as a drag family would be in other cities. Yeah. Well, speaking of Tina Burner, you are part of the weekly cast of shows. I am um, at industry. And what is it like to be a part of this company? Like, tell us about the show. So shows is um, industry bar Monday nights, uh, eleven ish o'clock. Drag time. Yeah, yeah. Classic New York drag time at eleven. Um, and uh, we we do a production show, which you know, there's already. Uh, there's a few production shows in the city, but not many. So it's nice to be in a cast. Um, it's uh, me, Tina Burner, Iris Spector, and Vincel from Philadelphia, and Juicy Lou. Um, and so we we do a cast show, and um, we like to call it kind of a costume production show. So it's solo numbers that kind of utilize uh, interesting video work and big set pieces or costumes, um, just numbers that are different and require a big stage that you can't do everywhere in New York. Yeah. And industry is great because they have that curtain in the stage. Mm-hmm. And on a Monday night, you have a big crowd, but it's a crowd that is there to kind of watch a show. Right. And so it's numbers that we couldn't do on a Saturday or a Friday or a Thursday, you know, because the the crowds almost get too big to to mm-hmm. be able to do that type of work. So and they're they're there to usually on those nights expecting something else. They, yeah, they want their uh, top forty hits and that's yeah, it. which is like awesome. And and even you know, uh, Queen Thursday nights is a great production mm-hmm. show too. Um, but I would say they're they're more of like a dance cast show, you sure. know, like they have production numbers that are very dance based because that's kind of what the energy on a Thursday night right. needs. Whereas, um, you know, we have weird set pieces and weird <laughs> props and, and some 
uh, some fucking nonsense that uh, yeah. is very Carrie Kerning and very Tina Burner. And... Yeah. So how did you get involved in, to be part of this exclusive cast? Uh, so I've worked with Tina and been thankful to know Tina for quite a long time. Um, and since Tina gave me one of my first gigs in the city doing Star Search and then working with her on Fire Island um, and, you know, various places around the city. Uh, I I did Miss Barracuda uh, and and won that in 2016. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the right year? Question mark. Um, <laughs> but we've always had a similar aesthetic, I think, in like the silliness and the comedy and the production value of what we like in drag. And so when Tina was um, approached by industry to kind of craft something on a Monday night, um, she wanted the show to have that energy and came to me and uh, asked me to be part of it. Amazing. Yeah, so it's, it's really great. Yeah, I've been a couple times. It's a, it's a really cool show. It's, it's and we have, we have this uh, the video projector that, um, you know, most bars have, but I think is often underutilized. And we're trying to increasingly work video mixes mm-hmm. uh, rather than just audio mixes so all the girls bring a video file with their mix and you know sometimes that can just be background scenery or something but increasingly um i respect her did a really interesting number where she was conducting an orchestra of herself on screen oh, cool. and you know i've done things where my face is on screen and it interacts with the way i move and um it just opens like more opportunities to do weird drag weird is things. evolving yeah yeah That's absolutely okay. Well, we're going to play a game, a game called This or That. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to give you two <laughs> options, and you're going to pick the one you prefer. Oh, that's easy. It's okay. An easy one. It's an easy Good. one. Good. I thought you were going to ask me to, to think harder than that. No, 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 no. She don't got much brain cells left. <laughs> well, we're going to start off with Starbucks or Duncan. Oh, Duncan. Absolutely. Selena Gomez or Demi Lovato. Selena Gomez. Musical festival or Broadway show. Broadway show. Disney Channel or Nickelodeon. <gasps> oh, what year are we talking about? Now, or is this like when, mid-90s? Mid-90s. Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, board game or card game? Board game. Salt or pepper? <laughs> <laughs> the singers? I feel like they're a duo. Like you need... Oh, we were talking about the card. <laughs> Let's say salt. <laughs> text or call? Oh, texting, absolutely. Furby or Tamagotchi? <gasps> I was talking about this this week. Did you were know you? that? Yeah, yeah, I want to buy a Tamagotchi. So absolutely well, a Tamagotchi. You know they're, they've just come out with the new colored ones. Uh-huh, that's what I was looking at. If, but if you want like the older like black and white ones from the actual 90s, I have a bunch at my house in New Jersey, so I can... I'll, I'll... You have a... Are you running a Tamagotchi ring? No, well, apparently my parents <laughs> were in the 90s. They bought like 20 of them. That's brilliant. And Furbies and Beanie Babies, and now they're stuck with them and like, oh, what the fuck are so, we Oh, so them? there's just a room that's like someone's fucking nightmare where you, tur- um, you close the light and all these like Furby eyes it's light up. the eBay room. Oh my god. Yeah, um, okay. Rap or opera? Oh, rap. Expensive car or expensive house? Ex- oh, these are both things I could never <laughs> dream about. I'm going to say house. Yeah. Almost relationships or one night stands? What's an almost relationship? Like, you, you, you should be, but you're not. I'm a. I'm gonna pretend that I'm gonna say almost one night stands, guys. That's for real. Let's one night stands. Couch or bed? Bed. Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad? <gasps> oh, you're you're scandalous. Um, because of that last season, I'm gonna say Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. It was so bad. And finally, heels or flats? Oh, heels. And that comes from this this Clydesdale who can't walk in them. Heels, kids. 
what New York City drag queen that you've yet to work with is on your dream list? Oh, um, well, I might have to be like old school back to back to starting drag, but jo- Joey Arias. Yeah, Absolutely. legend. Yes, and I, it's it's exciting that I, I I stalk her all the time on the social medias, and yeah. it's exciting to see that she's she's fucking doing it. Yeah, I got to see her there. do a show with um, Sherry Vine last year at the Beachman, and I was like, this is this. Why don't these younger queens celebrate this and want to see this? This How is drag, lucky, right? How lucky yeah, are we it that, quite that ex- we quite can go exciting. see this? Yeah. What is and this may be a very very hard answer but what is your signature number and let's go behind the music how did it come to be and why is it your signature number um because i feel like you have a bunch of them oh thanks um i all right so my signature number is probably one of the first big numbers i did in new york and that's my alien chestburster number yeah um which has yet to be copied by anyone without crediting me so start your timers kids um (laughs) because a few other of my numbers have popped up places well i mean there 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 is someone who has done that a a similar alien number um she may she may have been (laughs) that iconic and you were supposed to be that judge that was that was a little different a little different different. (laughs) i mean there have been some carbon copies out there but i'm gonna refocus on the alien number but that's actually that was a number that I I did in Columbus um, at for Nina West Halloween show where everyone's given a solo and you kind of do whatever you want, and um, early on in drag I will just kind of draw things or have weird ideas that are not drag related and then try to find someone to make it happen, and they're often like puppet or prop or. Yeah. I just thought it would be fun to have a chestburster come out of my chest during mm-hmm. a number. Um, and then that evolved into me wrapping the Beastie Boys with it. Yeah, you, of course. You know, really course. feminine looks. Of course. Classic femininity. But I did that once in Columbus. I don't... Maybe I did it twice. Um, I never really repeated it because it's a small... It's the same people come to all the shows, sure. so you do different things every time. And then when I came to New York and I did it... Um, I, I was thankful to have kind of a, a powerhouse hitter of a number because it was a nice way to introduce myself yeah. to the scene here. I did it at, uh, I did it at Star Search once and then I did it at Our Lady of Saliva at the Ritz. R.I.P. that show. It was great with Thorgy Thorne Israel. And, uh, I think that's how I made all my drag friends because they, they liked how weird and different that was. Where do you find your inspirations when creating mixes? Um... <sighs> So I, I feel like often my inspirations for mixes come from non-drag things or non-even queer things. It's it's from a funny movie or a book or a, you know, like it. when I say airplane is an inspiration, I mean that I'll see I'll see something dumb yeah. in a movie that sparks an idea or I'll hear two words that sound the same and be like, ooh, let's see how many other words we can find the same. Um, so it's it's a really random grouping of things, I think. Yeah. What most requested number of yours do you wish people would stop requesting? I just wish people would request more numbers. I don't know. I <laughs> I mean, I, you know that I request that um, the hands number because it's so good. Hey, I, I just feel happy to be seen. I'm never going to turn down a request. <laughs> All right, we're going to play another game. Are you ready? I'm ready. This I'm is ready. called the Cameo Game Show. Okay. If you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price. But each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you have to guess who costs more. <gasps> ooh, ooh, I like this. All right. So first up is Nikki Blonsky or Marissa Jarrett Winoker. 
Do you know who they are? No. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so Nikki Blonsky played Tracy Turnblad in the movie version of Hairspray, and Marissa Jarrett Winoker was the original Broadway Tracy. You see, I'm literally reading the John Waters book that he just uh-huh. did right now, but... um. You know, I'm, I'm very much uh, original Hairspray before it was a musical girl, mm-hmm. so I apologize to okay, all the okay, kids okay. out there. I'm sorry, I'm Isn't sorry. the movie girl, wasn't she working at like a hair salon or something on the internet? I they posted so. it. Yeah. I'm going to say that she has a lower. She, you're correct. <laughs> Nikki Blonsky's only $20. Marissa Jan Winoker is $50 for a cameo. $20. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have uh, two former reality stars of singing shows Constantine Morales okay. or Rachel Potter. Okay. Um, I I feel like Constantine's more mm-hmm. money. Yes. Yeah. Thirty dollars for Constantine. Rachel's <gasps> only at twenty five. Oh God, these numbers are real, and that yeah. that makes this this goes from really fun to sobering <laughs> real yeah. quick. <laughs> next, next we have two of uh, two comedians that were featured on Chelsea Handler's show. <gasps> um, Heather McDonald or Fortune Feimster. <gasps> oh, I really like. Fortune Feimster. I like both of them. I really like mm-hmm. Fortune Feimster. And she was on Drag Race, right? She was. She they was. Both, they've both been on. But Fortune was on more recently, yeah, right? Yeah, she was on with um, uh, Cheyenne Jackson. I'm in a... I'm in a... Well, and Fortune's like, you know, uh, a, a queer person. She's doing her thing. I'm hoping she's on the come up. I'm going to say she's more. She's $50. Heather McDonald is 65 <gasps> Shit. Yeah. Well, you all can get a discount on some yeah, Fortune right? Feimster. <laughs> Next, next, we have two legends of film, uh, Gary Busey or Sinbad. Shut up. These are not two people really on there. Correct, correct. Yes. Uh, Sinbad's got to be cheaper, right? Yeah, $75, $75 for Sinbad. You can get a cameo from Gary Busey for $325. <gasps> oh my god, if anyone wants to get me a Sinbad cameo, <laughs> yeah. I would be very appreciative. CarrieKerning at gmail.com. <laughs> Next up, we have The Vixen or Mystique Summers. <gasps> oh, both from Chicago. Yes. And I feel like they're they're both queens that should have more than they have, is, is what I'm going to say, because I like both of them. Um, I think Mystique is cheaper. Correct. $25 for Mystique. $60 for The Vixen. Work. Mm-hmm. You better get that money, Vixen. Next are two girls from Nashville. It's Brooklyn Heights or Cameron Michaels. Oh, do these numbers, how often are they updated? They get to update them themselves. Okay, so these are recent numbers. Mm-hmm. As of today. As of today. As um, of DragCon Day today. I think Cameron Cameron's still more. Yes, Cameron yeah. is $100, Brooklyn is 85 But I wonder if after... We'll see. Who, we'll who knows? See. I know insider knowledge. I don't know what's going to happen, nothing, but nothing. we'll see what happens. Next up is Tempest DuJour or Mrs. Kasha Davis. Oh, is this because they're both old? (laughs) Yes, yes, they're both old and both on the same season. Well, Tempest went out earlier. She was first out. But I I wonder, I feel like she carries a lot. Let's say Tempest is more. She's $20. Kasha Davis is $25. Oh, that's real tight. That's (laughs) a tight little gap there. And this one, um, how much can you get a cameo from Nina West for? Is she on there? She is. Oh, shit. (laughs) Well, if Brooklyn... <laughs> Wait, what was Brooklyn again? 85. Is Nina, Nina, I'm going to say 75. Nina West is only $50. Oh, 
What a deal, kids. Know, you should right? all get your future Miss Congeniality to send you a message. <laughs> yes, And then should. vote for her in whatever way Rue's making people vote for yeah. Miss Congeniality. I mean, this will be released after the fact, but... Well, you know, you can still buy a message, I'll yeah, tell you that. there you go. <laughs> because we know how it gets voted on. Yeah, you know, yeah. you can still give her some cash. Congrats! <laughs> um, we are now going to move into tea time. Oh, I like Where that. you're going to spill some tea on some of your favorite sisters, friends, colleagues, family members, people you've shared the stage with, maybe some enemies. I don't know. Okay, okay. And we're going to start off with Tina Burner. What do, what do I what do I have to do? What do and, I say? And say whatever you want. You, how much you love her, how much you hate her, give us some tea, whatever you want. All right, I'm going to go in between and say some shady actual love about her. I feel like Tina Burner is surprisingly the most level-headed queen in New York City because you don't expect that because people want her to be wild and a monster, which she is. Let me be real about that. But she is so disciplined and hardworking that she'll be a monster, know when to stop, and wake up in the morning before everybody and do work yeah. Before you're awake, and then spend an hour telling you how much work she did before you're awake. <laughs> but she deserves it because yeah. it's true. Yeah. Next up is Finchel. I fucking love it. Vin- I've been swearing a lot that's on okay. here. I you're hope okay. that's allowed. Of course. I, I was like, what would be like funny beep sounds? Can I pick the beep <laughs> sound effect? Um, Vinchel is she's she's my uh, giantess sister uh, on Mondays, you know, big bitch Mondays at Industry Bar. Uh, I just I just adore her. That's all. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw her was last year's Miss Hell's Kitchen, and I was like, "Who is this? I need more!" Like mm-hmm. this is exciting. Yeah, she and she brings so much energy to her numbers. She's really fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I think one of my favorites of hers is her Velma mix. Yes, so funny. She so good. She does the she does a a knock if you buck mix, which is that uh, that like hip hop song that kids fight to. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Tina Burner constantly calls it knuck in the buck, which sounds like a weird sexual knuckle fetish to me. Yeah. So uh, okay. we always get excited when knuck in the buck is on the <laughs> set list backstage. <laughs> Next we have I respect her. Oh, you're just doing all my favorite people. When are we gonna get to someone mean? Uh, <laughs> Iris is. Iris's costumes are next level yeah. and she makes them herself and it's not even like she's an incredible seamstress so she can sew the house down but more impressive I think is her like foam sculpted work her robot suits her actually Aquaria just did an outfit in a photo shoot that looked very <gasps> similar to an Iris Spectre Ooh, shade. which is you know I'm sure it wasn't intentional but girl I, Iris been there done that um she's just so good if you can go to one of her shows just look at what she's wearing it's incredible and she made it yeah i think it was recently someone posted on facebook revealing how you say her name and my my mind was kind of blown i was like oh my god it's such a good name it took me forever (laughs) to know what her the the pun to her name literally took me possibly into working with her weekly for a very long time yeah (laughs) it went right over my head for so long well, how about we talk about Juicy Lou? <laughs> oh, Juicy. Jacinda. Oh, Juicy Lou. All right, so her mother, Miss Cracker, um, friend of the show. Miss uh, <laughs> um, Cracker says that Juicy Lou is the nicest queen in drag, and it's disgustingly true. It is. It is so hard to be around Juicy and talk shit and then turn around and see her smiling face there. You immediately feel bad about yourself yeah. because she has never said a mean word about anyone and she is always positive and always hardworking and 
God, I would just love her to come in one day and talk shit. It would make me feel much more normal. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hopefully we're gonna, once she gets back, um, she'll be on the podcast. And when well, I get, get tea time, I just said I'm, get, I'm ready for it. Get like, ready for the most boring tea time you've <laughs> ever had because she'll just be like, she's so nice. I like her. <laughs> well, speaking of her mama, Miss Cracker. Miss Cracker is just a she's a fucked up bitch. Um, <laughs> she is. She's she's one of the most unique people I know. Um. I, I mean, I, I love Ms. Cracker, and she is one of my dearest friends. She is just so, such a weird human being. She's so smart. She's such a weird take on comedy. She's so hardworking. She's so pretty. She's just a lot of, like, a conglomeration of weird, random things all shoved together into this yeah. little karate-kicking, Jewish, academic beauty queen. Like, yeah. none of those things seem like they should go together, but all of the things I just said are actual facts about Ms. Cracker. Mm-hmm. And you're actually uh, sitting on Ms. Cracker. My, oh, my Ms. Cracker thank pillow. goodness. Ms. Cracker, did you feel that? <laughs> she just had her booty on your face. Next up is Monet Exchange. Monet Exchange. I was just watching... All right, so here's here's what I'm to say about Monet Exchange. There's a lot of things I could say about Monet. I love Monet. Uh, we slept in the same bed at Far Allen during a Miss Far Allen pageant with Jasmine Rice, so that's a threesome no one fucking wants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was just watching videos of her on Instagram from when she did uh, the help with Pixie, and it was Pixie and, and Monet dancing together. And you know... People will will say Monet ain't got no rhythm, and there's there's other videos that can uh, attest to that. But she was fucking turning it, and I was just reminded what a good performer she is, and how much I miss having her in New York City because yeah. oh she could just do a damn show. She she's got a crown now, so you know I, Drag Race is great, but it sure does steal some talent from us. It sure does. Remember, I used to go see Bob, and you know yeah, when's that going to happen yeah, again? Yeah, when, when Bob was at Barracuda. Yeah, on, you, on now you have to go to YouTube and pay a subscription yeah. fee. I'm sure. <laughs> Next up is Keisha Carr. Keisha Carr. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of things I could say about Keisha Carr. Uh, Keisha Carr and I, I dated for a quite a while. So just as a disclaimer to all you kids out there, um, I've seen her dick. Uh, but no, Keisha's a good friend. Um, we, we dated for a while. We've been separated for a while, but we are still drag family and drag sisters. And... Um, She's someone that I can always go to talk to about drag because she understands drag more than almost anyone in the city as like an art and a craft. Yeah. And if you have a question about a mix or a look or a concept, it might not be something that she would make, but she understands and can analyze and punch up an idea like no one else. She's like, she would be a great judge at a pageant because yeah. she knows drag. Yeah, she um, judged when I was going to Ultimate Drag Pageant for a while. She was there and she was one of the best guest judges they've had because she would just like really help you hear and see things she never imagined. Absolutely. And she, and she does, very similar to Tina Burner. She does so much of her own stuff. She so she does hair. She does mixes. She she used to tell me like I want to do it all, so I don't have to like rely on anyone else. I can just do it all as a powerhouse, which is probably a good way to kill yourself because you will um, not get any sleep and mm-hmm. then uh, die a neurotic mess. So Keisha, I hope you're failing a little bit at that goal because you probably need some sleep because you're you're doing too much. Sleep's but good. Sleep's but good. it shows because your art is wonderful. Speaking of people who can sew things, Holly Box Springs. Oh, Holly Box Springs. Um, Holly Box Springs is uh, a cute, adorable little deviant, and she and I have a great time at Fire Island every time I guest in Gurlesque. Uh, <laughs> she's a good time gal. That's what I'll say about Holly. <laughs> Next, we have Jasmine Rice LaBeija. <laughs> oh, we're just 
a, a, a parade of monsters. We bring on Jasmine Rice now. No, ja- I mean, Jasmine is Keisha's daughter, and it shows, you know? Like, Jasmine Rice is a powerhouse, and when she sings, I know nothing about opera, but I know that I, like, physically feel it in my body when yeah. she sings. I, I got to judge um, the Lady Liberty uh, showdown. Um, when she won that night, which I just recently found out and did not remember that apparently Evie Oddly was a part of that night. And was I was she? Like, oh. <gasps> Fuck that. Because, like, I remember Soju because she was really bad. Wow. Um, <gasps> Evie was there, and I was like, how did I not remember this? I should have clocked this. That's I want to go back wild. in time. But watching Jasmine do her opera with a fucking orchestra there, I was like, this is a different form of art that yeah. I love. And this is still drag and I really appreciate it. She much deserved that one. Well, and, and you want to, you want to talk about like pageantry too. New York city has not historically been a pageant city, No, but this, the last couple of years, and I think Jasmine's a huge part of that when, you know, she's placed so high at continental. She's so talented and slays that system. Um, and I mean, now, now we have miss gay America here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, New York has really done a, a, a total, 360 or 180? Which 180. one? 180. Yeah, we do a turnaround or do yeah. we do a full spin? I don't no, know. We've gone full spin. Quite yet. <laughs> but I mean, it, I think New York has like really changed in the pageant community and Jasmine's a huge part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of monsters and former Miss Barracuda, Sherry Pie. <laughs> <laughs> she has a very soft feminine face and I appreciate the subtlety and realness of her outfits. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of her looks are just to die just for day wear you know it's yeah, like she right? just went to forever 21 and bought a blouse and put yeah. it on no. She, she's no cool. she's she's a living cartoon and that's that's what i want in drag you know mm-hmm. well speaking of living cartoons and um people who are legends shaquita <laughs> i thought you said living oh <laughs> i'm just she, but she says she's 26 i'm just kidding shaquita is uh, we're lucky to have shaquita as a city because she's she's so good at drag she is she's so good and i mean i've gotten to work with her a couple times and she's just such a professional puts on such a damn good show Mm -hmm. and she has for so long it's really like if you want to look at this as a business she's the one to look to yeah there's there's a chance i may be hosting a um uh drag wars all stars three reunion episode on the podcast we'll see we'll see what everyone has to say i mean let me tell you i i I don't go down there because it's on a competing night but there are things happening at that show that seem very interesting Mm -hmm. they're really bringing it Three winners. Jesus, girl. <laughs> I mean, up. what a great thing to check out after you come to shows at Industry exactly. Bar, Monday nights at 11. There you go. Next, we have Holly Day. Holly Day. Uh, Queen, our, our, our sister uh, production show at Industry Bar. Um, she will do a scream mix, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, I don't care how old this movie reference is, we're still going to do it. Yeah, I mean, even Cherry <laughs> Poppins does a scream mix. Who? Who, yeah. Who's that? Who's that? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Next is Bootsy LaFerris. Bootsy. um, Just just Columbus sister, you know? Uh, Bootsy has been um, one of the longest and oldest kind of connections I've had in drag, and I appreciate her. I don't, I don't really know her that well. I've seen her a lot. She's someone that, for whatever reason, like I've never really crossed paths with, but I, mean, I, if, I appreciate everything she does. If you're if you're free on a Saturday, I think her, her Saturday show pieces is so fun uh, and so yeah. weird. Um, I went about a little more than a year ago um, with my dear friend Nicole Anoscopy when she was like first starting out. She went in drag, um, and it was bootsy and then she had her special guests of egypt and tina burner mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden in one of tina's numbers she decided to not only 
take Nicole out of the audience, but put her on her back. <laughs> I wish I had the photos of them falling. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That's but no, so that show wild. was amazing. And also on Saturdays in New York, you know, it's... There's it, not much drag. It's a weird city because, yeah, no one wants to pay for Queens because there's so many tourists and people mm. out. But Pieces is one of the, the few places you can see drag on a Saturday. And... People get wild there in a really good way. Yeah. So if you want to let loose, yeah, because most most bars want to have an audience of dancing people and mm-hmm. drinking, and no, some of us want to see drag. It's, it's honestly the opposite of most other cities. Because right. when I was in Columbus, Thursday through Sunday are the drag days, right. and here it's like Sunday through Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Next up is Svetlana Stoli. Oh, what a what a what a person to put on the watch list. Um, <laughs> I mean, the federal one, you know, with this Trump era, we can't yeah. really be sure with immigrants. Um, no, Svetlana, Svetlana's a little monster, and I always like working with her. I did a show at uh, Lucky Chang's recently, where we crossed paths again, and uh, I, I feel like we uh, we always are scheming for things. So who knows what she and I will be doing in the future? Nice. Next up is Honey Davenport. Oh, honey. Um, I'm still just saying whatever I want, right? Yeah, anything, okay, I just anything. want to make sure I'm still on topic. Uh, I I was uh, I escorted Honey an evening gown in I think it was Miss Fire Island. Uh, I you know I put on a little suit that day because she didn't have anyone to do it and I fit the clothes, so I put on a suit and walked her out in her gown, and she paid me in a baggie of weed. So naturally, <laughs> that's just that story expresses everything yeah, I, I i'm a big fan of honeys um i mean it's now like public knowledge that i did assist in, like during her journey getting onto drag race like mm. i was i um stoned a lot of things and got her in the car moments before the car was supposed you stoned to leave. things and she got me stoned yeah so. <laughs> um but i think just drag race did her dirty this season that's true that's true and i watch i watched the the reunion today uh because you know yeah, low, low behind on stuff, and I wish she talked more. I, dirty. It was sad. It was really upsetting. But we'll we'll, we'll talk about the reunion in yeah. a bit. But next up is Thorgy Thor. Thor. When I think of Thorgy, I think of saliva at the Ritz, which to this day we have a lot of. I sound like such an old person being like back in my day, but like there's incredible things happening now in New York City, but nothing has come close to how magical saliva was. Not because it was structurally different, but because for some reason, every queen in the city would come to that, and the audience was like 90% drag queens, and so the numbers people would do were fucking insane, yeah. because you're just doing it to impress other drag queens. People were lit on fire, people shit out fruit on stage, it was nonsense, and Thorgy made that happen. Art. I mean, that's a word we could use if you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure someone would argue that, yes, <laughs> Art. Next we have Virginia West. Virginia West. Oh, you are just really hitting all the all the. I am. Highlights. I do my research every time. Virginia would take a tip and see a family member in the audience. You know, like when it's when it's a sister or 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 a friend, she'd take the money from your hand, get real close to you, and whisper, "Fuck my life." And- <laughs> <laughs> oh God! And the older I get, the more I understand. I just love the idea of doing a dance, doing a high kick, and then fuck my life, and then back into the number. That's amazing. <laughs> and I get it, Virginia. I understand. Have you, have you adopted that into your drag site yet? It hasn't happened yet, but you know, she's she's a woman of a certain age, and every year I get I get closer get and closer, closer to, to fuck my life. <laughs> Next is Selena T. West. Oh, Selena! I I was chatting with her um, 
quite recently uh, because she, so Selena is my sister that's in Columbus and she's also in the gay American pageant system. So she pops around here and there. Um, but she recently uh, was doing a drag event at a public library in Ohio outside of Columbus. Columbus is a liberal city. The areas surrounding it are a little more conservative. Mm-hmm. And there was a uh, someone who's running for, I think, state senate there decided to make this her issue and started attacking you know, uh, inappropriate content at the public library. And Selena went to the open town hall event in full drag to defend her position and talk about, you know, educate people on the difference between drag and sexuality and like what, what this event was going to be about and kind of show that drag isn't scary. And, you know, people of different presentations are not scary. And I was so impressed by her. Yeah. Because um, it's 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 scary, and you forget how lucky we are in New York City to feel empowered to do stuff like that. And she was in a room that is far less friendly. Um, so I mean, that's 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 what drag is. Yeah. Next is Frisia Balls. Frisia Balls. Oh, my sister, Nina West's oldest daughter. Um, she's a a fucking idiot in the best way. <laughs> And when I was starting drag, there was a Target near the gay village, which, of course, the gays love Target. Yes, they do. And Frisia was working there at that time. And I had I'd never spoken to her before. But before I did that competition, I awkwardly went up to her and said, you're Frisia Balls. Bah, 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 bah. I'm doing this competition. It's so good to meet you. And ran away. Uh, and to this day, we still talk about that <laughs> beautiful, awkward interaction. And finally, how could I not not ask about Mother Dearest, Nina West? Oh, Nina. Um, I mean, I'm I'm gonna try and keep it short and not sappy. But to me, Nina West is drag, and I'm so happy that people are um are celebrating her, and she's kind of being seen for who she is as a person because she is that passionate, caring, loving, political, active queen. Um, and I, I just, I wish everyone who watches Drag Race could go see one of her big stage productions, which who knows when they will happen again, because, you know, you've got this Drag Race thing happening now, but I wish I wish that was able to be shown on the show, because Nina is everything on the show, she's even more in real life. Like, yeah. what she does in drag is unlike anything I've seen before, and it was not fully seen on the show, so if you like Nina keep going to see her because yeah. she will constantly surprise you and there's so much more there. Yeah, I have, um, I recently bought her uh, Drag Daddy uh, pin. Yes! It's on my bag uh, um, on on top of uh, Seraphim's pin and uh, Nicole Noskby's pin and I like to claim it as me but it's not. I, I love that <laughs> pin. But no, I think Nina is absolutely incredible. When I found out she was going to be on the season I was ecstatic. Um, she proves that drag is magic and I, I'm very excited to see what happens next. I'm kind of, I'm, I think personally I don't want to see her on an all-star season because I don't know what else she can bring that they're going to approve of because I think we've gone far away from what kind of drag she can that's, offer. That's, that's, a val- you know, that's a valid. I think that the type of drag she represents is not the type of drag that's always in vogue with the show, but it's so important as a drag community. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's great to see it like people respond well yeah. to it because it's definitely... Um, you know, she's not a 21-year-old with lip gloss on, which is what drag increasingly mm-hmm. is. Um, I mean, and ev- that's great. That's great. I feel like every episode when I would do a recap, I would have to like defend her and be like, this is, you asked for the theme. She's doing your theme in her way. Why are you attacking her for that? But I think Nina is incredible. I hope I get to meet her one day, and I hope she can 
bring her magic to the world. They have so at at DragCon LA, um, she had someone dressed up as a like a Disneyland Mickey Mouse esque version of Nina West yeah. at her booth, and that is something she's done before. That at one of her, I, this is like a, an elevated, even better version of it. But in Columbus, before Drag Race was a thing, for her big two hour long shows. The whole community would go straight. People would go. It was on the local news. And one year she had a Disney theme. And outside was someone dressed up as her with a big cartoon head. And then the local gay marching band marched her in on like a, a Cinderella carriage that That's someone amazing. was pedicabbing up to it. And they went down the main strip of Columbus. It was just like, she's just production and magic. How do you balance a nine to five in drag? That's a great question. It's really hard. Um... Yeah, this is the first time I think I've ever actually answered that because usually I'd be like, oh, you don't, you die, blah, 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 which is all real. But um, it's really challenging. Uh, I, I, so I work at a, an advertising agency and um, it's a nine to five dot, dot, dot question mark because I work late a lot. Um, you have to be really structured and I'm lucky that I have made good impressions on a lot of very talented people who appreciate what I do, like Tina, like Monet, like Keisha, like, you know, all of these, these girls that like Bob who have included me in shows and in casts because with my day job, I can't do like a weekly show on my own. I don't have the time. And, um, luckily what I do has found an audience and found people that support it. Chris Dunbar industry. Um, and I've been included in things and still, still hopping around and not dead yet because they think new york is hard because everyone is so talented and so driven that if you're not there every single day people forget about you um and so you know i'm i'm lucky and and work hard to try and be there when i should be there and um do a good job when i can and people have remembered me yeah i'm thankful so thank you all You've judged a few pageants here and there, and you recently joined the National Miss Comedy Queen pageant as the NYC Miss Adams Apple Comedy Queen promoter. I'm so excited! Tell us about this new endeavor. So, um, Miss Comedy Queen is a national pageant for comedy queens. Um, It's a slightly newer pageant than, you know, Gay America or Continental, but uh, Ginger Minge is a former, Deranged is a former... Uh, Tina Burner for the last two years has placed in top three. Uh, nationals are at the legendary Parliament House in Orlando, and um, this this year I just signed up to be a New York City promoter, which I'm really really excited about. It's something that I've been kind of toying around with for a while. I I love pageantry. I've thought about doing a pageant, and I I will be competing again uh, in something bigger probably fairly soon, but I'm also a megalomaniac. So being able to promote something is fun too. (laughs) And I, I, I love that pageantry is kind of growing in New York and I want to help facilitate that. So in, uh, 2020, we will have our first, um, Miss Big Adam's Apple, uh, comedy queen prelim in New York city. It will be at industry bar. Um, the date is to be determined because it will be next year. But uh, as a representative this year at Nationals, uh, I'm really excited to bring Tina Burner as our emeritus. So she will go and compete and represent our new system. And then next year, she will help me kind of welcome the contestants and we'll bring two people to Nationals. And, you know, it's amazing. Hopefully get a bunch of winners from New York because this place is a powerhouse of talent. And um, 
we need to let the rest of the country Absolutely. be reminded of that. Well, if you need any help, you know where to find me. Oh, thank you. So drag is political, and it's becoming much more prevalent with voices like Marty Gold Cummings running for office and the rise of Nita West on the national stage. How can we marry the two worlds and unify our community? I feel like I want to smile while holding flowers on stage and go, <laughs> world peace! Like, it's a pageant answer. <laughs> um... You know, I, I think it's exciting that there's people doing stuff now. You know, Marty, there's there's uh, maybe maybe in uh, California was the first drag queen elected to a city council. Uh, Nina West is is being political. You know, there's a lot of really strong voices reminding us of that. But it's not a new thing. You know, it's something that's always been there and has always been really part of the DNA of what we do. And I think as drag becomes more mainstream... It's important to remember those political goals because as more money comes into drag, it's easier to kind of tone back on that. And I think, I know a lot of people have feelings about the Vixen, but I think the Vixen is like a strong voice to remind you that like capitalism and acceptance and all these things can be double-edged swords and that... You know, sometimes you need to be a, a loud bitch to talk about things yeah. that are important, and it's not always palatable. But drag is not here to, you know, to to make everyone happy. It's here to do something specific, and part of that is a message about queer people and increasingly other marginal groups. You know, like as as queer people get more accepted, you know, it's about cis drag queens should be talking about our trans sisters. We should be talking about Black Lives Matter. We should talk about immigrant rights, you know, because all of these are connected and it's it's all the same as drag, you know? Like, yeah. it's all people trying to express themselves and shake off bullshit stereotypes or definitions and just kind of, like, celebrate themselves. And so as much as we get on VH1 and get, you know, vodka ads on TV, that's great, but don't dilute your message or what your intention is as an artist because of that it's Absolutely. important to remember that what is one personal fact about yourself that your fans may not know about you oh jeez well you know i can't dance so that's not one um <laughs> i think i already alluded to it earlier but um when i was closeted I was a Republican, and not only was I a Republican, I was the president of the Republican Club in high school. Wow. Yeah, so when you see me with a giant uh, fuck you Trump reparations dress, um, it's very, very long journey I've been on. Yeah, <laughs> and and I'm, I'm sure you've gotten some comments from friends from high school about oh, that. Oh, I think most of those people blocked me by now, but <gasps> yeah, there were, yeah, there yeah, were yeah. at times some comments. Um, but it's like, you know, I understand why most of the most homophobic people... Uh, end up sucking dick in a bathroom airport somewhere it's because true. I understand what you know self-hate and denial can get you because I lived it for a little while in high school and I'm glad I found my way out of it um, and I, I have empathy for those people but also if you're a 65 year old man still living that life fuck you grow up Facts. what are your current jams and what music should my listeners be listening to oh I have been listening to the new Carly Rae Jepsen album because I am a grade uh -huh. A faggot. <laughs> um, I think my favorite is I Want You In My Room. I think that is that that song is incredible. Yes. Yes. So good. Yes. It's, it's a dirty song. It is so it's dirty and I dirty. love it. I love it. I was I listening to too much a lot. I can't wait to be doing it. Mm, oh, yes. <laughs> you know, and that's something. That's what I love New York. 
we do the best comedy mixes in the country. The mixes here are so good and everyone is pushed so hard. Part of me misses when you're in the Midwest and people just do a pop song and that's it that's because what I do. part of me wants to just see a Carly Rae Jepsen yeah. song and a girl twirling around in a costume and that's it. Yeah. If you had to pick one New York City drag queen to be your partner on The Amazing Race, who would it be? <gasps> I would pick Keisha Carr. Yeah. Because um, we understand each other, but also she is a competitive bitch. <laughs> she is frighteningly committed to things so who's gonna be the one to eat weird shit and who's gonna be the one to jump off high things oh oh god i don't want to do either of those things <laughs> if i had to pick one though i would i'd probably eat the weird shit because i'm really really afraid of heights <laughs> so we're gonna move into the pop five rapid fire we're gonna give you five pop culture things and you give me a word phrase story whatever you want to talk about it, about them we're just, just a single thing, or whatever, you, whatever you want. We'll see okay. how what inspires you. Okay, let's, let's I like this organic. Drag race is an eleven reunion. Um, thank God. Uh, what is it? Brangy, Branvy, Vangibri. Thank Brand God v. we realize that's over. I'm tired of it. <laughs> It, it, it just proved that this season was a bunch of manufactured bullshit. I'm just tired of going on my Instagram feed and seeing creepy fan-made videos of photos of the two of them with heart filters and well, like what... Celine Dion songs because I don't understand what the fans are doing, I but there's some weird stuff out there. It, yeah, but I think what must be so hard for the two of them is they had to keep up this illusion once the show started to air because... You, this is what the fans think is happening. I I have to, and I have to, after hearing them talk about it, I, I do believe there was something real there. But um, when you're in the public spotlight, like, I mean, they weren't going to get married. They no. wanted to fuck each other, yeah. which is like lovely. And they um, got to, I'm sure. Yeah, and that's, that's great. And then, but you're right, you, they had to juggle it in a weird way because it was half a year of people yeah. making fan art that they had to put up with. Yeah. Next is the Aladdin live-action movie. Oh, thank God Will Smith isn't blue the whole effing movie. Because <laughs> let me tell you, that first trailer really upset me on a, on a deep emotional level. But Will Smith is fine. He can get it with or without legs. It can just be a little wispy <laughs> ghost down there. That's fine. I'll titty fuck you. I don't care. I like him. <laughs> All right. Next we Am have... I the first person to use titty fuck when promoting Aladdin? I think so. Okay, I think so. good. good. Um, next we have Trump's Pride t-shirts. Oh, he can just... I just... I just... Oh, oh God. Oh, what have we? What has has not already been said about that piece of shit, man? I just can't um, believe he has the nerve to do that. It's almost like I'm I'm so angry and saddened that it hits a point where it doesn't process anymore. And I just I would love one of his adult diapers to get stuck there, so he shits himself and it has nowhere to go, and toxic shock syndrome takes over his asshole and he dies. Is yeah. that is that fair? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Can we tag the president? Yeah, uh, let's do that. Let's uh, do that. The, the official Donald Trump in this. I'm trying to get blocked as Carrie, and it hasn't happened it yet. It hasn't happened so. yet? Wow. I know, but it gives what me have, it gives me goals. It gives what, me things to get up for. What do you have for. to do for that to happen? I don't know, but I'm having fun finding out. <laughs> well, speaking of pride, world pride. Yes! Which is like the best and worst thing to happen. <laughs> I, I know, I know. It's the best thing. I'm really excited. As a New Yorker who actually lives here, it's going to be awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that's take that with a grain of salt because it's incredible. And what a time to be living here. Yeah. We're so lucky to not only, like, live in the same city where all those things happen, but be able to see what happened 50 years later and all the progress. And people are coming here to celebrate. And 
you know, so many voices. And I'm sure, like, anytime queer people get together, we're all going to fight with each other and argue about stuff. And that's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to see how many uh, drag babies are born uh, World Pride this year. Oh, I think it should just be... We should just, uh, you know, reverse that Alabama law and have a forced abortion on any child born that day. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah. I think we've got enough. And finally, the album drop from Alaska Thunderfuck 5000, Vagina. I, I the, the article, I like Alaska a lot, but the article I said was, Alaska pulls a Beyonce. And I was like, done already. I don't need yeah. Alaska's well, not Beyonce. Guys. Yeah, when that happened, I was like, Wait, did anyone know this was happening? Didn't she just put out an album, like, a couple <laughs> months ago? But, you know, if, if make your money, and I think Alaska is so smart and funny, so... Yeah. Uh, I hope people buy it instead of streaming it, because I don't think streams make any money for anybody, so Mm-mm. let's hope there's a bunch of people on Reddit forming a support group to, yeah. to purchase actual copies. Well, I have some questions from the fans. Oh, um, this oh. is from. You got me all a tittle yeah. when you said fan. Well, this is from Cherry Poppins. Oh God, uh, she literally says, <laughs> "Talk about the vixen." I don't know what you're talking about, Cherry Poppins, and you know you're not on this show. I am, so you can't be here to press me on it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I got so upset I hit the mic there. Sorry. I hope that wasn't a sound effect. <laughs> Next question from Josh Tratner, Ace of Face, is: If you were a furry, what animal would be your fursona? <laughs> huckleberry hound huckleberry hound okay yeah i can see that yeah that just because sense. i want to talk like that yeah. while we have sex put there it in go. my butthole oh my god next is a question from heidi ho oh i love heidi ho what kind of elves live inside your head making all these fun ideas oh yeah um i you know i i can't be too specific about it because i think the government's gonna come and try <laughs> and get them they're gonna put them in one of those uh one of those refugee camps. So we got to be very careful about that. Let them remain hidden. And finally, I have a question from an anonymous iconic finalist. What was your favorite part of the iconic finale? Ooh. You know, I think the iconic finale was so refreshing when it comes to drag. There's like certain moments and I talk a lot about saliva and you know, that's that's like one of my key drag moments in New York, but there's moments when you're reminded why we do drag and you see people like put a lot of thought and effort into like good numbers um for something special like that and the iconic finale was one of those moments where i was kind of re-energized because uh, those numbers were so thought out and so different and very creative it just it just made me really happy yeah it was was a good night it was yeah it was energizing and they were they were all very different but they all did something that pushed you know what drag is in a healthy way so i was really happy and thankful to be part of that yeah i was so glad to have you there well i have a question from my previous guest um and this is a question from sherry poppins oh god (laughs) what number have you thought to do but feel like you'll never be allowed to do (gasps) well um so I did it recently and I can't do it again, I think. <laughs> I all right, so I think it's a lot of people talk about how PC everything is blah, blah, blah. that's you're allowed to be like frustrated by that, but also like you can't use that as an excuse to be lazy. It's good to be checked on stuff. I might be answering this in a different way than you intended, but it's good to be checked on stuff. It's good to reevaluate numbers you've done. I've done a number of numbers that have been checked by people for being offensive or maybe pushing too far in a certain group or 
you know, things that I meant to be one way and people took a different way. And um, I've definitely retired some numbers. I've altered some numbers. I've had really um, hard conversations with people after shows about numbers. And I think that's all super healthy and important. Um, I did a Michael Jackson number recently that I had done a long time ago. uh, And I recently did again. uh, And I think is a I still am laughing quite hard because I think it's a very funny number, but I understand it's a triggering uh, topic for a lot of people, and I thought long and hard about doing it, and I felt the message I had behind it through a series of very obscene, stupid jokes was worth telling, and I decided to do it. I know a lot of people um, didn't love that number, and a lot of people really, really loved that number, so I... um. I may not be doing that again for a while. That's fair. But I stand behind my decision and thought very hard about doing it. And um, I've done the same thing about other numbers that I've chosen to retire and not talk about. So there you go. I think Queens, um, if you just complain about PC stuff, uh, you're being lazy. You're allowed to like be frustrated by it, but you have to go through the exercise of really thinking about your numbers because if not, you're just lazy and fuck yeah. you. Well, now is your turn to ask my next guest a question. Oh, gosh. Um, It can be about anything. Anything. What is... What song do you hate doing the most in a suicide? What artist or song specifically do you never fucking want to do again and yet have had to perform? Oh, I love it. Well, if you've gotten this far in the podcast, use hashtag GoCarryGoWest. Where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram where all the cool kids are. Because, you know, if I get 10K, then I get to do the swipe up. Yes, and I'll you send you a whole bunch of dumb shit. So, guys, follow me. Um, and that's Carrie Kerning with K's. K-A-R-I-K-E-R-N-I-N-G. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Thanks once again to Carrie for joining me. Make sure to tap that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review. Follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk.